I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, I want to get to your story in the Chicago Tribune, chicagotribune.com, where you reference Ryan Poles' long journey. Yeah. The long journey. We've talked about this a little bit. How would you describe what you wrote in the Tribune and why it's relevant now? Yeah, there's a couple parts to this that I think are relevant as we march our way to the draft. And it's number one, it's it's the emphasis and re-emphasis that Ryan Poles has had for a while now about how he is approaching this and, and how he sees a bigger picture and how he sees steps in the process of what he's trying to build here, which is a championship team that can be a championship team for more than one season. And so in his own words, um, I asked him at the owners' meetings just kind of to to generally – describe what's at stake in this draft that comes up later this month. And he, he essentially said that it, it, it is mostly about adding to the core that they want to have of a team that will eventually become a championship contender and how that sort of requires you to recognize needs and acknowledge needs, but use discipline in, in terms of, uh, of the way you approach the draft. His direct phrase, I think, was we're, we're trying to set this up for the long journey that we're on. And so, so the, the constant reemphasis that this is a long journey, I think should give us all a, a second to take a step back, to take a deep breath, to understand that we are caught in the tornado right now uh, of April, 2023 noise and speculation and rumor, and that there's a bigger picture that the people that are making the decisions in house all have to see. And some of that comes with the idea that look like this isn't a one opportunity, a one at bat attempt for Ryan Poles. He's going to get 10, maybe 12 chances to swing this draft. He's going to get more chances to swing next year with two first round picks. He's going to get uh, more chances to swing in 2024. And so just having that grounded, sober understanding of where your roster is and where it needs to go, I think allows you um, to prioritize patience and discipline where, where sometimes maybe the pressure to get it all done right now gets really, really intense because of all the noise that's out there surrounding a draft that we all think is going to be critical. You think the fan base has patience and an appetite for that kind of waiting and that kind of rhetoric and that kind of plan? Because I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from and why that is not maybe, you know, the prudent way. And certainly it's the way that you could envision ownership endorsing. I just wonder, I do wonder about the fan base in Chicago that's already been through a lot. 
Right. No, I, so it, it's a good thing to wonder about. It's another thing for Ryan Poles to be guided by that in any way, shape or form. It's very easy uh, to get sort of wobbly on that tightrope because, uh, again, Ryan does not have to answer for the sins of his predecessors, for, for Ryan Pace and Phil Emery and to some extent Jerry Angelo and all of the hardship that this fan base has been through over the last two decades. Um what he has to answer for is himself and the work he puts forward and the approach that he takes to it. Now that's a lot easier said in principle than it is done in reality, because eventually the patience wears out and all of the, the, you know, forgiveness that, that Ryan was afforded in 2022 is going to expire. It's my belief that it's going to expire in 2023 in a way that leaves a lot of people um, in this fan base extremely agitated because I don't think that they, they have, taken the same view of this as Ryan Poles has. They may say they have and understand that this is a long journey and that, that there are steps in this process, but I do think it's going to get incredibly frustrating if you're four games under 500 and five games under 500, maybe six games, you know, no matter how this season goes, it's going to get, it's going to be a different tone. It's going to be a different tenor than we experienced in 2022. And it just all harkens back to what you and I were talking about in the months of December and early January that, that look like if you're expecting there to be some magic dust to turn this from a piece of poop into a diamond, like it's not coming, you know? And so you just have to understand that there is a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of successes and a lot of um, percentages that you have to hit at a high level on to, to get to where you want to go. And so Ryan's got to just drive the bus according to that. And eventually, you know, I, I do think that outside noise is going to get louder and then we'll see how he adapts accordingly. Realistically, how many out of the first four picks out of the top 64 players off the board, the Bears have four of those picks. How many of those would you envision, not knowing who they are, but how many ideally are they going into this draft thinking they would be week one starters? Look, I th- I, minimum three, you know, and, and, and ideally four. That's the state of your roster right now. There is no one at any position that is locked in as a, you know, 2025 have to have you know, blue chip crown jewel of this football team. And so you're trying to find answers everywhere. You can find answers to have premium picks, to be able to pick in the top 10, to be able to then add a couple second rounders to then add the first pick of round three. You've got an opportunity, David, to to make your roster better. And so I think you, you have to look at it through the lens of we need to get three guys at least, and hopefully four, out of those top 64 picks that, that that give us a chance to start in week one. And then ultimately those guys have to become more than just week one starters on a last place team. They've got to become, you know, reliable contributors for the long haul of a team that is showing us that it's on the climb. We talk about the report or rumor about the Steelers trading up, which is very vague, I think, <laughs> in, in just general in, uh, in terms of a report. But I wonder this philosophically, when you see – some of these mock drafts, we talked about Mel Kuypers the other day, which I thought was a little unorthodox for somebody whose expertise is in this exact thing. And this is his Super Bowl, essentially. And I believe that he had Will Anderson going fifth in that draft and four quarterbacks going off the board right away. I wonder, is there? are we not considering the possibility that the Bears might move back up if Somebody moves fifth or sixth, and is could that be something philosophically you could see Ryan Poles doing or being fixated on? Because if this goes that way, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that that'd be something I could understand. You'd have to tell me the player that it would be for. You know, either I think we, Will Anderson or possibly if they are in love with Jalen Carter, possibly him. 
Yeah, I, I, the price tag would 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 mean everything to me because you're accumulating draft capital with the understanding that you need to fill a lot of holes. And the whole purpose right now of of calling this the quote unquote long journey is understanding that the more opportunities you have to fill these holes, the better. Um, and so it better be someone beyond special that you then go away and spend some of that capital on. I would be more intrigued by the idea of the Bears moving out of nine and maybe going back to thirteen or fifteen, yeah. or seven or whatever it may be, right. because then you you know you you potentially could still get. Guys that we've talked about on this program, B. John Robinson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba in the, in the lower teens, add another pick somewhere to your arsenal there uh, on, on day two and have an opportunity then to maybe add five week one starters to your, your roster you know, uh, on the first two days of the draft. So that, that certainly – I would not poo-poo that if they chose to go down that path. You obviously have to be careful. You have to understand what opportunity costs are at various points of the draft. Um, but, man, like th- this is this – is, uh, again, the scenarios are going to play out in their pre-draft meetings at Hallis Hall. Now it's up to them to just kind of, kind of figure out, uh, you know, what, what, what floats their boat and what, what kind of compels them to make decisions. You mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba, the former teammate of uh, Justin Fields at Ohio state and where he might actually go in the draft. It brings up the conversation you had with Tyke Tolbert, the bears wide receivers coach. And I thought it was interesting how you described it, how speed is what he <laughs> seeks most in a receiver. And you asked him then what is the most hardest to read or the thing that disappointed him the most or misjudged. And he said the same answer speed. So it's not always, uh, it's not always what it seems. And I, my head went immediately to Valus Jones. I drafted <laughs> right. him. The Bears drafted him last year in the third round. And the biggest selling point was his speed. But you need more as a wide receiver. How would you characterize what your conversation was like with Tyke Tolbert? Because that was pretty good stuff. It was a, I mean, it was a fun entry point, that little anecdote that you just shared about speed being the thing that is most attractive and also the one that has burned you the most. Uh, to a deeper conversation about kind of how you go through as a receivers coach who's been in the league for almost two decades, um, just feeling out what you want to see in receivers, how you go about doing your homework, how you provide the input to your head coach, your offensive coordinator, and your general manager so that they can figure out kind of what they're looking at, you know, as you go through some things. Uh, I did think it was interesting that Tyke said that he, he's really drawn to guys who know how to cut and separate and, and mentioned that in 2003 when he was entering the league as a first-year receivers coach in the NFL, uh, he had Anquan Bolden in Arizona, a guy who ran a 4.71 40-yard dash at the Combine and was considered on draft weekend to be really slow. And the Cardinals went out and used the second-round pick on Anquan Bolden. And lo and behold, he had 100 catches and 1,300 yards and wound up in the Pro Bowl as a rookie and went on to a you know a career where he had 13,000 receiving yards and 80 touchdowns. Nice get there. And so you understand that there is something in this league that calls for separation, right, and the ability to cut and separate. It's one of the things the Bears love a lot about DJ Moore is that he has those, those smooth um, – sudden movements to him that allow him to cut and separate. And so, again, I think there is an idea here that the Bears receiving core is better right now. you got DJ Moore, Mooney, Claypool. you got Valus Jones and Equinemius St. Brown. But it could be even better than that. And the idea that they could potentially swing at receivers on day two as early as, as you know, they, even in the teens, as we talked about with JSN. But if you want to swing at day two with one of those first four picks and get Justin another playmaker – then go for it. I, you know, I, I list a few names in there. Michigan State's Jaden Reed, uh, Josh Downs in North Carolina, Jalen Hyatt, uh, a speedster from Tennessee. I don't know if that'll give you any uh, reflux. Cincinnati's no. Tyler Scott, and then a kid from from Princeton. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. It's Andre Ivusovich, something of that niche. But those are five names that that could make sense for the Bears uh, in that that 
mid fifties, early sixties range. If they wanted to add another playmaker to that receiving core. I turned on the Cubs a little late. Do we know how DJ Moore fared in throwing out the first pitch? Did he go heat? Did he go breaking pitch? Was it across the plate? I have not seen. Uh, we have to get that video and uh, have to and, get that video. See what's there? Yeah, we'll have to work on that. Okay, so Dan, before we move on for some of this draft speculation, there are a couple things that we go into. You always want to keep an open mind. I always try to keep an open mind. But in reviewing some of this stuff and doing our due diligence, there are two things that I think uh, uh, conclusions that I've already reached and maybe prematurely. Number one, we mentioned it. If the Bears move up and trade up. And it's to get the number fifth overall pick for whatever reason, scenario. Drafts are hard to figure, but I would think I'm against them trading up unless it's they can get Will Anderson at five or six or somewhere in that range. Because the mock draft that Mel Kuyper had, I think the Lions were getting Will Anderson at number six. If that's the case, I would do everything in my power if I'm Ryan Poles, move up to number five and take Will Anderson to keep him away from the Lions. You don't want Aiden. Hutchinson and Will Anderson coming at you for the, coming at Justin Fields for the next five to 10 years. So I would be okay with that. That's number one. The second thing to that is, is that if you are at number nine and they end up taking uh, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, I will have thought that they have, they should have moved down. I think that, you know, that's a very general yeah. thing to say, but Darnell Wright is not to me somebody based on evaluation, based on just seeing some of the tape, based on the other tackles available. If they take Darnell Wright at number nine, I will have thought they could have moved down and accumulated another asset or two to do that and still gotten an offensive tackle they could live with. So those are right now as I start to formulate ideas two weeks before the draft. Those are two that I feel pretty good about. All right. Well, two things to that last point. Number one, um, moving down is only possible if someone wants to move up. I think that there's kind of a, a thought process sometimes amongst people that follow the draft is like, if you don't like somebody at their, your pick, just go ahead and move down. Somebody's always coming knocking on your door. It doesn't always work that way. Somebody's got to be compelled to come up and, and get what you have. And so if, if you are left choosing at nine, you just have to make sure you're really comfortable with the discussions you've had to establish your board and know where it's at. If you have chosen beyond a shadow of a doubt that Darnell Wright is a better tackle than Skaronsky or Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones, and, and that's the move you make, well, then you're going to have to explain it to people. I also think that one of the biggest question marks about uh, Darnell Wright coming into this draft is, is, is how quick he is and how agile he can be. And that seems to be something that Ryan Poles prioritizes with what they run uh, in their offense with the Bears. And so that, that question mark would, would, would linger for me as well. Um, again, I'm really happy <laughs> that, that we're in the final two weeks of mock drafts and, and speculative conversations. I think our, our buddy Brad Biggs is going to have his next mock draft this weekend. I do not know as we sit here recording which direction he's going to go with the Bears pick at number nine. That'll give us something else to talk about next week. And, and as you know, there's probably been 10 to 12 names that have been linked to the Bears in, in mock draft worlds uh, since February. And, and there'll probably be one or two more surprise twists before we actually get to draft weekend. Wow. I didn't know Big Z was working on his over the weekend. I cannot wait for that. I need to definitely get in touch with him to try to influence him to come to, you know, just to kind of give him something else to think about and see how he takes my suggestions. 
you know how to reach them. So get on the phone after this, and then uh, <laughs> we'll see how convincing you can be uh, in getting him to change his approach. All right, there are a couple other things I want to get to. Any other draft nuggets before we move on from the draft possibility, speculation, rumor, or innuendo? No, I look like it's all out there. It's all out there. Um, so I guess my countdown now is at what? We're at like 17 days till I can crack open the the bottle of bourbon or the bottle of champagne and the the festive you know party blowers and say, hey, speculation season's over and the Bears have an 11-man draft class. I kind of like it. I don't mind it. You're never wrong when you speculate. 